0: To Radio Lux Lucid. I'm your host Steve Matthews. Thanks for joining me for episode fifty. The title of today's episode is Transmania. Well, I'm pretty pumped about this. This is episode fifty, so I made it to the half century mark, and uh, that's that's kind of exciting. You know, I it's only taken me four years to do this. I first started the the whole podcasting thing back in in 2017, and well, you know, it's kind of slow going, and. It was a little bit like my blog writing. You know, I started writing a blog. and In fact, that was almost twelve years ago, and I, I was kind of a an in, indifferent writer for a long time. You know, I'd, I'd write, you know, a post now and then. I might go months without writing another post, and and it wasn't actually until I had done it for about five years or so, five and a half years, that I really kind of started to to take it a little bit more seriously and to start to do it more regularly and and Lord willing I, I really hope that uh I can continue to do the uh the podcasting and the live streaming and all that more regularly. So I wanted to say hi to everybody that's uh anybody who's watching out there on uh, on Twitter or D live or YouTube. Uh thanks for joining me. I appreciate that and uh love having you here. And uh well let's get into uh well, you know before I get into today 's program, I did want to mention one thing you know I was really excited today um, about a second thing, not just about uh, getting having episode fifty here, but it was the first day it actually felt kind of like spring you know I was able to to get my bike out and and go riding and and I, the the park I went to to there 's a bike trail here locally at a park and I went there and my goodness, I mean, it was just mobbed. It was about as full as I think I've ever seen it. Um You know, you, you couldn't even hardly find a parking place. And then when you got to get out to ride, you had to spend all your time trying to dodge. You know, f- families out there with little kids and pets and all of this type of thing. And, yeah, I mean, they were enjoying it as much as, as I was, but uh it was a little bit crowded. And I was kind of glad when I got past the trailhead and kind of got out uh, into some of the, uh, the the longer portion of the trail and I was able to ride um, without so much uh, having to, to to dodge so many obstacles, you know, you really have to be careful when you get out there in, in these these bike trails because there are pedestrians and, like I say, uh, a lot of times little kids or or you know dogs and this kind of thing, and you really do have to be aware of of what's going on around you so somebody doesn't get hurt. But yeah, it was a great time getting out, and and I really love being able to get that bike out again and. Oh, I hope I can uh, keep, do that on a regular basis here. So so yeah, that's, uh, that's always something to look forward to this time of year. It's coming up on my birthday, you know, and I always uh, it kind of coincides with the very sort of beginnings of spring. And so that's always a kind of a nice birthday present that I get every year. Now, I am running a little bit late here again today. In fact, this is about as late as I've, I think I've ever done this. It's uh, about one o'clock on a Sunday morning. I'm sitting here doing this podcast and actually started it. I uh, had a couple of false starts here tonight. I tried to uh, to get this uh, going, and I, I ran into some technical difficulty. Uh, I was sitting here, and I was actually going along pretty well. I had about 20 minutes of the program in line. I looked down on my digital recorder, and, and it was was shut off. And what I found out is I didn't have my power supply plug, plugged in, and it was running off battery, and the batteries were were running low, and the thing just shut off. <laughs> so I'm sitting here talking. I'm not even recording anything. I thought, boy, this is a great program. It's going along great. And I look down. There's, there's no, uh, uh, nothing happening on my recorder. I'm like, oh, good grief! I can't believe that I did that. So anyway, I've got it. Actually, got it plugged in now. So hopefully, I'll be able to actually record a podcast and uh, and get through this and make something good happen. So uh, let's take a look at the topic of today. You know, I called this this Transmania, and my my inspiration for calling it that was something that took place this past week in the senate as you know Joe Biden is staffing in the process of staffing up his administration and with in the way that that works is there there are a number of positions and these are sort of some of the top you know either cabinet level positions or positions just under the cabinet level that require a a senate confirmation and there was a particularly noteworthy Senate confirmation hearing that took place this last week that involved the uh, Assistant Secretary uh, for Health. And the person who's been picked by Joe Biden to fill this, this role is someone by the name of Rachel Levine. Now Rachel Levine and and I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna share the screen here. Let's do a little screen share. Okay, so you you should be able to see this. This is an article from Revolver, and and here's a picture. And here's here's Rachel Levine here in the center. Now when you when you look at at Rachel, it's it's pretty obvious that that Rachel uh, was not originally named Rachel, and and Rachel is is a dude in a blonde wig. I mean that that's what it comes down to. He's 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 a dude in a blonde wig. And this is the person who is, is supposed to be the, the assistant secretary for health. So let's read a little bit here about what this article on Revolver has to say. Quote, Rachel Levine is on the brink of becoming America's assistant secretary for health. The notion is so facially absurd that it belongs in a cartoon or perhaps a Mike Judge movie. Levine is an obese man who has pumped himself with hormones and possibly even mutilated himself in the belief that he is a woman. Now, this is one of the things I I appreciate about a lot of the articles on on Revolver. They they don't give in to this this fantasy that, that Rachel is a woman. I mean, they, they make it very clear that, that he's a man. Now, that's a very controversial thing to do. Depending on where you are, you can get, a lot of, get in a lot of trouble for misgendering somebody. You know, if somebody identifies as a woman and you call him a man, well, you know, you can, can uh, get, uh, you know, maybe lose your job or, or certainly have, uh, you find yourself uh, the, uh, the object of uh, the Twitter mob or, or something like this. Uh, that, that's almost like hate speech. Uh, to say this type of thing. Uh, but l- let's continue here. So, quote, "Is Pennsylvania's health secretary he oversaw a covid regime that like neighboring New York was both oppressive and ineffective." with one of the nation's highest coronavirus death rates. Levine himself, of course, pulled his mother out of the nursing home as the virus began to spread there, end quote. So apparently, you know, he he was responsible, kind of like what, uh, in Pennsylvania, he was responsible, I guess, for carrying out a similar program to what uh, what Andrew Cuomo did, of, of sending all these these uh, people with COVID back to nursing homes and then lots of people with in nursing homes got sick and died. And apparently this Rachel Levine was uh, carrying out a program like that, but he made sure he got his own mother out. You know, so it's good. You know, you, you know, we, we can give COVID to your mother, but my mother, well, I'm going to protect, I'm going to protect her. You know, and of course, this is just typical of the kind of arrogance that uh, exists more and more in the the governing class in the United States, where where it, it, they don't even try to hide their hypocrisy and and greed and arrogance. I mean, it, it's just on full display. And the article continues. Quote, Disturbingly, Levine's, uh, Levine's specific specialties are pediatrics and psychiatry. In other words, providing mental health assistance to vulnerable children. During his confirmation hearing on Thursday in front of the Senate Health Committee, Levine refused to condemn the practice of giving sex changes to children. When pressed by Senator Rand Paul, Levine wouldn't even answer, providing a robotic response that made his real sentiments obvious. And I want to play a little bit here of. Uh, this is a video of the the Senate confirmation hearings, and um, if you're you're listening w- without the video here, the first voice you're going to hear is Senator Rand Paul. He's going to ask some questions of Levine, and then you hear Levine respond, and they they go back and forth a couple times here. So I'm going to play this, and then we'll we'll comment on it once uh, after a couple of three minutes here.
1: Doctor Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parents' consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia. You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, she had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now, and this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake, but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness Except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights.
0: Kind of seem to have a little bit of problem with the feed there. I don't know what's going on with the uh, feed, but anyway, the, uh, Parents I think you
1: need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question.
0: Okay, so there we go. Um, <sighs> Yeah, and and uh, Senator Paul asked a couple of pretty pointed questions, especially the second question he asked uh, Rachel Levine. He asked him, you know, do you support the government intervening to override? The parents' consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and/or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia. And what did Rachel Levine answer with? Well, it didn't he? Didn't even really address the question. He evaded the question, gave some boilerplate, pre-prepared statement, and and that was it. I mean, and, and that tells you about everything you really need to know. I mean, apparently he really does believe that the government has the right. To to override the parents' wishes and and uh, allow children and move you know allow children to make some very uh, destructive choices at a very young age, and he's fine with this. I mean, so uh, you know these you know Levine and and other folks like him, they're coming for your kids. You know they want Big Brother to get involved in the family in a way that Big Brother has no business whatsoever being involved with it. But uh, but they're they're pushing this and they're pushing this in in a very, uh, I mean this is this is just destructive. It's astonishing. It's, it's shocking. I guess maybe it shouldn't be shocking, but but I still find it shocking. You know that somebody like this is able to be considered for a high government position in in any sane society. This man would not be anywhere near holding a a government office of any sort. And yet here we go. You know, and he's about to be. Uh, be installed as a as a pretty high ranking official in in the uh, in Joe Biden's government. Now, one other thing I wanted to to note here is uh, the article continues here. And let's read a little bit more of it here. It says, "50 years ago, the cult of transgenderism didn't even exist. A 10 years ago, it was so obscure most Americans knew nothing about it." Well, yeah, you know that's that's true. That's true. I mean, I, you know, growing up, I mean, I never, I mean, I graduated high school in 1984. i never heard the term transgender. And it's really only been within the last few years that I've become aware of that uh, at all. I wasn't even really sure what it was. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how prevalent it's become. I I know I, I heard someone at, at work one time, she was talking about, she had, I don't know, I think a daughter, maybe middle school age, you know, 12, 13, something like that. And made the comment that there were, I think, six or seven kids at at her child's school who were in the process of transitioning either male to female or female to male. And that was just in one school. I mean, this stuff didn't even exist until just the last few years. And, you know, and in fact, it, it says here, you know, but over the past decade, transgenderism has been accepted uh, en masse by the centers of power in America, which are now imposing them on the whole country. The core parts of its doctrine are easy to list. And it, it talks about, uh, Bullet points out some of these. Physical sex and gender, gender identity are completely unrelated to one another. Uh, gender is fluid, and there are far more genders than merely male, male and female. In fact, there may be infinite genders. Gender roles are socially constructed and there is no biological basis for behavior di- behavioral differences between males and females. Well, I mean, there's so much of this that's wrong. I mean, just, just take this last one. The gender roles are socially constructed. No, they're hardwired into us. Uh, it, it was, it was the Lord himself that created, he created man, male and female, male and female. He created them. And there are men and women are not the same. They have roles that are specific to them, you know, and I know that, that saying that is extremely unpopular in 2021 America. I mean, that's the whole feminist uh, thing, isn't it? I mean, men and women, they're, they're pretty much, they're, they're the same, you know, and if there's any difference in, in the way they behave and in the things that they do in life, well, I mean, that that's chalked up to the patriarchy, which everybody knows must be smashed. Well, you know, th- I, I hate to break it to the feminist, but, you know... Patriarchy is God's design for the human race. Patriarchy is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not an evil. It's a good thing. It's a blessed thing. And, and I'm glad that we have that. But you know, these people are bound and determined, uh, if they're able to, to, uh, to do away with all of that. And, and there, are, there are some other bullet points. here. I won't read, all, read through all of that. But, uh, you know, it continues, the America of 2021, the catechism above is accepted completely by every power center in American life. And that is true. I mean, this is one of the things that's so shocking. I mean, you know, it, it gives an example here of uh, some uh, children's, uh, children's coloring books. And, you know, you, you see this kind of thing uh, all over the place. I'm going to cite, in fact, here, here's another example. Uh, this is a headline you're talking about the way that that the whole transgender ideology is is, is attempting to to pull in your kids, uh, Mister Potato Head. Now you know Mister Potato Head's been around for years. In fact, I think they said in this particular article that Mister Potato has been around about seventy years, and uh, I think he was even in the in Toy Story. Right? Uh, you know, he was that was one of the characters in those uh, those uh, cartoons uh, by Pixar, uh, Toy, Toy, Toy Story, Toy Story. And, you know, here we go. Here's a headline. This is from the BBC, but you can find this in any uh, similar articles in, in any number of, of publications. Mr. Potato Head to lose Mr. Title and gender neutral rebrand. So, you know, what's what's this all about? Well, this is the, the manufacturer is, is uh, Hasbro makes the Mr. Potato Head. And let's read this here. A gender neutral makeover will see Mr. Potato Head become the toy formerly known as Mr. Potato Head. Well, he's kind of like Prince. You know, there was the artist formerly known as Prince. I guess this is the toy formerly known as Mr. Potato Head. So let's see what it has to say here. The classic toys branding is being reimagined for the modern consumer, its U.S. maker Hasbro announced on Thursday. From later this year, the toy, launched almost 70 years ago, would be named Potato Head on the packaging. Other toy companies have taken similar decisions in recent years, breaking with traditional gender norms. Hasbro is making sure all feel welcome in the Potato Head world by officially dropping the Mr. from the Mr. Potato Head brand name and logo to promote gender equality and inclusion. The rebranded toy, which can be assembled with a selection of different body parts and clothes, will be released in autumn this year, Hasbro said. The company said the toy will allow children to reimagine and create their own Potato Head family. So I guess you can have, you know, two kind of guy Potato Heads, even though they're not called Mr., they're still kind of like, Dude, potato heads, and and I guess maybe you could have two uh, two uh, Mrs. Potato Heads. Although I guess they wouldn't be called Mrs. They'd just be called 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 Potato Head, and but they they'd kind of have kind of have female features. So uh, and and I I mean it, it's just uh, the rot in in our 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 civilization is 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 very deep. And that's one of the things you get from this. I mean, there's, there's a way in which you read through some of this and you, you do. I mean, I, I find myself in some ways uh, getting kind of a little bit of a laugh out of it. But if you really think about it, this isn't a funny thing. I mean, it's an incredibly dangerous thing. It is a tragic and sad thing. It is a sinful thing uh more to the point uh, it is an evil thing that's going on here i mean this is represents massive confusion this is putting darkness for light and light for darkness it's calling good evil and evil good and it's being done not by obscure people but really by the uh the leading uh power centers i think the the article here the in in revolver it, it makes the point it says you know that the uh, Transgenderism, the the transgender catechism is accepted completely by every uh, power center of American life, and that's true. I mean, whether you're talking about uh, corporations, whether you're talking about uh, academia, whether you're talking about uh, entertainment, um, the media, now even a lot of churches. Um, sadly, I mean, those, those are, are churches that have abandoned the, the word of God, but even many organizations that hold themselves out as churches. I mean, they're, they're not true churches of Jesus Christ who, who accept this type of thing. Um, but many churches do also teach, uh, transgenderism and then homosexuality and these things are okay. And, and, and they're, they're not okay in the eyes of God. Now I wanted to turn a little bit to some of the critics of uh transmania and this was actually kind of my uh, my inspiration for for the the title for this this episode there was an article several years ago that was it was uh this is actually dates from 2015 it's got the the title uh, paglia transgender mania is a symptom of the west cultural collapse and the article details uh, some comments made by a person by the name of camille paglia it starts off best selling feminist author social critic, and self described transgender being. Camille Peglia said in an interview last month that the rise of transgenderism in the west is a symptom of decadence and cultural collapse now that she 's right about that now one of the things that 's really interesting is is the the article says here you know she is a a feminist and, and a self described transgender being um, and, and so she 's not somebody that You know, that as Christians, that you or I would say, well, we wouldn't think we'd probably have uh, a lot that that we would agree on. I think we probably have some very substantial disagreements and probably disagree more than we would agree. Uh, And yet some of the views that she has, that that she puts forward, are actually pretty interesting. Uh, She's a feminist author who, you know, if if I was going to sit down and read a feminist author, she would be probably one of the very few that, that I would be willing to read. Uh, again, not because I agree with feminism, not because I agree with her you know some of her other stances, but she she does manage to be pretty interesting, and sometimes she 'll be uh, surprise you and she 'll actually say some things that uh, that are actually quite sound um, and and i, I think you' you'll see what i 'm talking about as we go through this article so These are some quotes from Camille Peglia. Nothing better defines the decadence of the West to the jihadists than our toleration of open homosexuality and its transgender mania now, Pegley said during an October 22nd interview on the Brazilian television program Roda Viva. Pagli also said during the interview that transgender propagandists are overstating their case. I think that the transgender propagandists make wildly inflated claims about the multiplicity of gender, she said. Sex reassignment surgery, even today with all its advances, cannot, in fact, change anyone's sex, okay? You can define yourself as a trans man or a trans woman. as one of these new gradations along the scale. But ultimately, every single cell in the human body, the DNA in that cell, remains coded for your biological birth. Now, let's stop there because I think that's a, a, just a fascinating point that she makes, and, and it's right on target. Now, one of the things that's interesting, you know, when you you talk to some of these, uh, these you know, liberal types... Is, is they like to at least pretend to be very committed to science, you know, and, and, and they like to accuse Christians of being you know, sort of a bunch of luddites and science deniers and, and, and conspiracy theorists and whack jobs and all of this kind of thing. Um, you may recall, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there was a, a debate between Ken Ham and uh, Bill Nye, the science guy. I think this was back in, in 2014 or so, so it was about seven years ago. And uh, Bill Nye's, I'm going to just summarize his argument, and, and he might. I don't. I don't think he would disagree with this. I mean, basically, this is what Bill Nye said. He said, "If you're a Christian," he he didn't literally say this, but if you you, you take all of all of his words and and you kind of uh um kind of get the meaning behind them, uh, kind of read into to what he was saying. Um, kind of, uh, I guess, maybe the the implied ideas. Uh, behind his, his overall stance was essentially this if you're a Christian you're stupid and if you teach your kids to be Christians well you're guilty of making them stupid too and that's that's Bill Nye's basic view of, of Christians and in Christianity and in Christian families and you know so here we go we, we have these these liberals again you know these people that like to say you know I love science you know and you know and you Christians are science deniers because you don't believe in Darwinism or blah 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 well, we don't believe in Darwinism, but the thing that's fascinating is you got guys like, uh, you know, this Rachel Levine who, who wants to claim that he's, he's a woman. But as Camille Paglia points out, and what science tells us is that you know you you've got if if you're a guy you've got X and Y chromosomes, and if you're a female you've got uh, two X chromosomes. In every one of your cells, your DNA, your you're, you're at the at the cellular level, at the DNA level, is coded male or female. You know the, there's not you know there there aren't fifty different uh, you know. Potential uh, genders or sexes is more more accurate to call it. Now, there are two. There's male and female. God created man, male and female. That's why you we have uh, those those two uh, those two possible arrangements, either XY or XX. And every cell in your body reflects this. And you know, you can don a blonde wig and you know maybe mutilate yourself or you know get some kind of surgery or something to make yourself look like a woman. You're still a guy. All of your cells in your body are still coded as a male. You know, a woman can, can have her, her breast amputated and maybe take some hormone therapy and things like this. But every cell in her body is still coded as a woman. It doesn't change that. So, I mean, all these people who want to say, follow the science, you know, you hear this kind of stuff, you know, with respect to COVID, but but you hear it in a lot of areas too, you know, we follow the science, you know, this kind of thing. And, you know, all, all of these people who at the same time want to say they follow the science, when it comes to the the whole transgender thing, they don't follow the science. You know, that 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 kind of an argument, by the way, that that's called an ad hominem argument, you know, where you, you can kind of... Uh, it's a sort of uh, intellectual judo, you know, where you can point out some of the contradictions in, in your opponent's, uh, thinking, you know, and, and what you can say is, well, if you really do love science so much, why don't you accept what the, uh, what the biology says about men and women, you know, that, that all of this stuff that you can do to your body to make yourself appear to, you know, to, to be the opposite sex is really just superficial because at, 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 at root, you're still a man and you're still a woman. You know, your, your cells, your DNA has not changed. Your chromosomes uh, have not changed. So let's continue here. Uh, this is uh, Morph Pagley. She says, So there are a lot of lies being propagated at the present moment, which I think is not in anyone's best interest. Now, what I'm concerned about is the popularity and availability of sex reassignment surgery, so that someone who doesn't feel that he or she belongs to the biology, biological birth gender... People are being encouraged to intervene in the process. Parents are now being encouraged to subject the child to procedures that I think are a form of child abuse. The hormones to slow puberty, actual surgical manipulations, etc. I think this is wrong. That people should wait until they are of an informed age of consent. Well, c- again, Camille Pagley has a lot more sense than uh, Rachel Levine. or Levine. Um, she has a lot more sense than he does because she, she sits here and says, This stuff's child abuse. And if Camille Paglia is right, and she is, that that kind of thing is child abuse, what Rachel Levine, our incoming assistant uh, secretary for health, is saying is, is that he wants to practice child abuse. You know, And, you know, and, and he advocates for that, and apparently he probably wants to, to push this idea out into society more broadly. And Paglia continues, parents should not be doing this to their children, and I think that even in the teenage years, it is too soon to be making this leap. People change, people grow, and people adapt. Paglia went on to talk about her book, Sexual Personae, and how the emergence of transgenderism signifies the end of Western culture. Now, I'm concerned about this. In fact, my study of history in Sexual Personae, I'm always talking about the late phases of culture. I was always drawn to the late or decadent phases of culture. Oscar Wilde is one of the great exponents of that in the late 19th century. He's one of my strongest influences from my earliest years. And I found in my study that uh, that history is cyclic, and everywhere in the world you find this pattern in ancient times, that as a culture begins to decline, you have an efflorescence of transgender phenomenon that is a symptom of cultural collapse. So rather than people singing the praises of humanitarian liberalism that allows all these transgender possibilities to appear and to be encouraged, I would be concerned about how Western culture is defining itself to the world. Because in fact, these phenomenon, phenomena are inflaming the irrational, indeed borderline, psychotic opponents of Western culture in the form of ISIS and other jihadists, etc., Paglia said. Nothing better defines the decadence of the West, the jihadists, than our toleration of om- open homosexuality and this transgender mania now. Now, those are some stunning comments, and that's some really good stuff. I mean, basically, what she's saying here is that the, uh, the that that uh, uh, transgenderism is really a sign of of uh, civilizational cultural collapse, or you know, as uh, I think John Robbins would say, it is the collapse of, uh, of of the culture, and specifically, we're talking about here, it is the collapse of the West. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, and again, I, I think when you read through this, I mean, again, you're dealing with somebody, Camille Paglia. She is not a Christian. She's a feminist author, and uh, she's certainly a. I think she would probably call herself a liberal. But I mean, this is an excellent analysis. Of and she, she's absolutely right in everything that she says here. Now, what I would say though, and, and maybe we need to ask ourselves this question: is 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 what's missing from the analysis? Because it, it, as good as it is on the surface, I think that there are some things, uh, certainly one big thing here, here that is missing. Now, you know, what's missing here is, is, is really the reason for the collapse of the West. It's really the, the reason here. And of course, Gordon Clark and John Robbins both knew very well why the West was in collapse. And they correctly argue that the reason Western civilization is disappearing is because Christianity, on which Western civilization was built, has virtually disappeared from the West. So if, if Christianity disappears, well, the civilization it built is logically also going to disappear. And, and that's what we're seeing. You and I are, are, are living through this. I mean, basically the West exists. We're, we're kind of going on our, our reputation. We're kind of going on our, uh, you know, Existing on our 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 past uh, past successes, the past faith, you know, uh, of our forefathers, but you know that same faith does not exist today. You know, there are very few Christians in the West, Uh, at least as defined by the way uh, the uh, the uh, the Reformation would define a Christian, an evangelical. You know, an evangelical back in the time in the the sixteenth century was somebody who believed specifically in two things, and, and that is justification by faith alone. And in scripture alone, and and that almost that that's almost non-existent today, even among putatively Bible-believing churches. So l- let's do this. You know, what? What I thought I'd do here is uh, do a little. Uh, Clarkian analysis of uh, of the whole transgender issue. And I, I think it's important to, to bring the Bible to bear here on this. You know, if, if, you ever read, uh, if you've ever read uh, John Robbins, he, he would talk a lot about something uh, uh, from Martin Luther that was called the Schriftprinzip. Uh, that's a good German word. I, I like to say German words. Uh, they're fun to fun to say. But the Schriftprinzip, which uh, simply means writing principle, and it was the idea that that all statements by all men you know, need to be brought back to the Bible and uh, approved by them. So, so we know a statement. Of a, of a philosopher or a writer or a poet or a, a politician or somebody or economist or somebody like this, we we can judge whether they're right or not by by taking their words, bringing them back to scripture, and comparing them to what the scriptures say. You know, and, and we ask ourselves, you know, does this person who's teaching or you know arguing for a particular position, does this position can we find it in scripture? And if 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 we can, well, we say, okay, that, that the person's ideas are approved by scripture. If it contradicts. What the Bible says, if it contradicts the infallible, uh, inerrant Word of God, well, then we know that that those ideas are wrong, you know, and we reject them. Now, you know, so what does the Bible have to say about transgenderism? Well, you, you won't find the term transgenderism in Scripture, uh, but I do think that uh, the the Bible certainly implies that transgenderism is sinful. And and you may even be able to argue that it explicitly states that uh, in some places as well. Uh, But I don't think there's any question that overall the teaching of the Scripture is that transgenderism, uh, like other types of, uh, say, related things such as homosexuality, is a sin. And it's not just any old sin, it's not just a generic sin, it's a actually particularly egregious sin. You know, the Bible calls it in multiple places an abomination. So let's take a look at a few passages, and, and I don't mean this to be an exhaustive study here, but I think we can look at a few passages here, and I think we can get a pretty good idea uh, just from these, what, what the Bible has to say uh, about transgenderism. And I want to read here to you first. This is a passage from Genesis chapter 1. This is verses 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So one of the things that we can get out of of this particular passage is that there are, are only two sexes you know, or, or two genders. I know that they calling them genders is sort of the popular thing today, but, but really properly, it's two sexes. But even if we, we use the term gender, there's only two genders. You know, there's not this great multiplicity of genders. I mean, even Camille Paglia has enough sense to know that, you know, there aren't these, these infinite genders out there. There's no such thing as a trans man. There's no such thing as a trans woman. Uh, God created men. He created women. And, and and they're separate. They're, they they have. Uh, they certainly both bear the image of God, but they are not the same. They don't have the same um, uh, the same roles to fill. Uh, they are different physically. Uh, they are different uh, mentally and 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 uh, spiritually. Uh, they have different roles. They're designed to do different things. They're designed to complement one another. Um, they are not the same. And. You know, and there's no possibility anywhere in Scripture of, of, a, of a male actually becoming a woman or, or a female becoming a man. You know, that's, that's simply unknown. There's nothing in the Scriptures uh, that support that at all. You know, and, and very clearly, I mean, there's a, there's a, a, a demarcation. You know, God created men. He, cre- you know, he created them male and female. And, and it doesn't say, you know, that, that they can just, just go back and, and, and mix together and one can become the other. They're separate. There are two sexes, not a multiplicity of imagined genders as the transgender folks want us to believe. You know, they're very confused people. Um, And also there's no separation between one's biological sex and one's so-called gender identity uh, as the... uh, as the transgender folks want us to believe. And that whole idea is refuted uh, even in just in one passage, and it's Deuteronomy 22 5. And uh, Deuteronomy 22 5 reads thus A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do sorrow are an abomination to the Lord your God. Now, the uh, the New King James version, that's that quotes from the New King James, the New King James uh, Bible. Uh, in, in the margin notes, it, it uh, gives a note that that word abomination can also be translated detestable. So, you know, all who, you know, men who wear women's anything that pertains to a woman or women woman who wears anything that pertains to a man, all who do so are detestable to the Lord. So, you're either an abomination or you're detestable to the Lord. Now, neither one of those is a good thing to be. That's a very bad place to be. So, again, you know, this, this idea that um, that someone can, you know, that a woman, you know, that a man is uh, can can don women's garments or women can don men's garments and 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 pretend to be something they're not is is an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. And and if simply just wearing garments is bad, how much worse are people who actually try to change their bodies into something that they're not designed to be? You know, when somebody mutilates their body, you know, amputates a part of their body that that distinguishes them as a man or distinguishes them as a woman, that is sinful in the eyes of God. Not only is it destructive of the person, a person's body, it's destructive of their own soul. And it's an abomination to, to the Lord to do this type of thing. That, then that's one of the the uh, the implications that we get out of this passage. I mean, if 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 the simply wearing of a a woman's garment by a man is 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 evil, if it's an abomination, how much worse when um, again when they when when a man tries to physically alter himself to to become a woman, which is something that that he isn't. Now. I want to say something here about a little bit, something further a little bit about Rachel Levine. Um, that's that, that doctor. Now, this is kind of interesting. a little bit of research on, on his background. And, and here's a, a few things about him. He was born in 1957. His original, his birth name was Richard Levine. He was born in Wakefield, Massachusetts. Uh, he's, uh, has a Jewish background. He attended Harvard, took a, a bachelor's of science from Harvard, and then he went to medical school at Tulane. Now, here's the other thing, and, and this is one of the things that, that really was, was fascinating about this. He was married, and he actually has two children. Um, and it wasn't until 2012, so he was 55 years old at the time, um, in 2012. It was only at that time that he, and he was still married, he came out and claimed that, that he was, uh, was a woman. And uh, he and his wife were divorced the very next year. And, you know, now he goes around and wears a blonde wig and, and tries to pretend that his name is, is Rachel. Well, his name is Richard. It's Richard Levine. You know, that's, that's who was testifying in, in front of the Senate in, in dodging Rand Paul's questions this past week. It wasn't Rachel, it was Richard. Now, I mean, I realize that to call him Richard is, you know, there, there's a term among the transgender uh, people and the, the advocates that they call that dead naming and you can get in a lot of trouble for doing that. I mean that that is a in their eyes a very very serious offense. But you know, as Christians, I mean, we're told to proclaim each man the truth to to his neighbor. And and this is simply a lie. I mean, the idea that that this man is 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 a woman is a lie. He's lying to himself and he's lying to everybody else. You know, and, and it's, it's a charade, and as Christians, you know, we cannot go along with this kind of stuff. You know, we gotta call it out. We're commanded by God Himself to call this stuff out and and to refute it and to reprove it, and rebuke the, the people not only who who push this, uh, who who claim like Richard Levine to be something that he isn't, but also those people who who support and encourage them as well. And you know, like like think about Romans. Uh, this is Romans chapter one. You know, Romans chapter one is very clear that that homosexual. Homosexual, homosexuality is sinful. And in fact, Paul goes through a number of, uh, talks very specifically about some of the kinds of sins that, uh, that people get involved in and including homosexuality. And he says this of them. He says that, you know, that these people that, that practice these things, they know the righteous judgment of God and that those who practice such things are deserving of death. But that doesn't stop them from doing. This. It doesn't stop them from practicing their homosexuality and, and other types of sins. And in fact, Paul tells us that not only do they do these things, but they approve of those who practice them. So they they encourage others. You know, I mean it's bad enough when when we when we sin and and the sin is is principally affecting ourselves. You know, maybe you know somebody's an alcoholic and 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 he destroys his health and, and and the like through alcohol, but very rarely does somebody who's an alcoholic just affect himself. I mean, if you know, we we all have families, whether we're married or not, whether we have children or not, and and somebody who goes through you know uh, alcoholism or or drug addiction not only affects him, uh, himself, but he also affects his his family as well. Um, but you know, there are some types of behaviors that may be more destructive to the individual than to others, but. But this, you know, the, the thing that Paul points out here is that these people aren't satisfied simply with engaging in destructive behaviors themselves, but they try to bring other people along with them. Now, I think, I think the lawyers call that sort of thing. I think they call that an aggravating circumstance. Okay, so it's bad enough that you yourself uh, try to pretend that you're a woman, but then you try to bring other people along with you. And, and that makes it even worse. Uh, and this is the type of thing that, I mean, if if Richard Levine stays on the course that he's on right now, uh, he's going to end up in a very bad end. You know, he's not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And not only is he not going to inherit the kingdom of God, I mean, he is going to be uh, tormented in hell forever. And that's a serious thing. You know, as, as Christians, you know, we can look at somebody like Richard Levine. I mean, he's very obviously somebody who's involved in deep sin. Now, I say this as someone who's a fellow sinner. You know, I, I'm a sinner. So, I mean, I, I can't sit up here and get on my, my moral high horse and, and talk about how great I am and, and what a horrible person he is because I'm a sinner. I'm saved by God's grace. I mean, if I got what I deserved, you know, I'd, I'd you know, be headed straight to hell myself because I'm a sinner. But it's by God's grace that I'm saved. And, you know, when we, we point out the sin of somebody like Richard Levine, you know, we're not doing that because, you know, we think somehow as Christians you know, we're, we're better than other people. We're doing it because we're commanded to. You know, Jesus said in the Great Commission, you know, he talked about, you know, send people out, you know, go out and teach, uh, teach the doctrines, you know, the things that I've taught to you. Well, I mean, we teach the doctrines of Christ. And, and part of the doctrines of Christ are teaching against, uh, teaching about the sin of homosexuality. We have an obligation to point out the lies of people like Richard Levine. And and rebuke him. You now you think about what uh, what it says in Ephesians, for instance. Uh, in in Ephesians, I guess I think it's in Ephesians chapter six, where Paul tells us he, he says, "You know, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them or or reprove them." You know, that's our job. Um, you know, writing to Timothy, he said that the scripture uh, scriptures are you know, are breathed out by God and are profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Again, this is our job as Christians. We're, we're to reprove, to, to correct, to instruct in righteousness. This is our call. And, you know, and, and, and these commands apply to all areas of life. Now, sometimes we think that these commands apply, you know, maybe to the, the four walls. You know, they're only effective within the four walls of a church building, or maybe within the, 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 the walls of our, our family houses, but out in the bigger world, while we you know we have to 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 get our moral instruction and things like this from you know from the experts, from the psychiatrists and you know secular thinkers and this type of thing. Well, no. No, we we have an obligation to uh to apply these these ideas in scripture to all of life. You know, the the scriptures have a systematic monopoly on truth as a very uh uh, as john robbins likes to put it and and this is the kind of thing you know we need to be able to take the doctrines of scripture and apply them to these these kinds of cases such as a a man named richard levine who's who's trying to to pass himself off as a woman and not only that but he's trying to sit in a very high position in the government and not only that but he's also trying to co-opt the nation's children into his sinful lifestyle and and he needs to uh and he needs to be rebuked for that so that's about all i had for this week so i wanted to say uh thanks so much for uh for listening i do appreciate that and until next time we talk um may the spirit of truth guide you in all truth as you read and study god's word. good night everybody